Hello and welcome to episode three of the Masterclass. I am Cam and I'm here as always with my good friend Dave. Hello everybody. How are you doing today, Dave? I am doing really, really well and enjoyed being here with you, Cam, and look forward to our uh, discussion that we're going to have. Yes, I do too. I wish, I wish at this point we were able to record more frequently, but I think this is a good pace for now. All right, should we dive into some follow-up, I guess? I would like to start with follow-up. All right, um, so someone else listened, so this is good <laughs> for my ego, which is, you know, not at all what this is about, but uh, our good friend Travis, who Dave and I both know, uh, wrote this um, about the first episode of the Masterclass. He said, as I was listening to the first 45 minutes of episode one, the word that kept coming to mind was honor. This is what motivated the great heroes of the faith and made them risk life and limb because the name and word of God must be honored. There is more than road obedience or the admission that our way isn't the right way. It has the idea of reverence, esteem, and respect. This is the feeling that Jesus conveys to me as I hear the passage in Matthew 4. I feel like honor as an idea to believe in is something that we, Americans, have lost, speaking in sweeping generalities here. Jesus believed in honoring the Father above himself, and he lived it out in this passage. And I read this the other day, and I thought, well, how come I didn't think of this? Like, why does Travis have to be the smart one and, and come up with uh, this? I just, I thought it was a, a very good insight into um, something that we didn't even, I don't think we even mentioned that aspect of it. Um, in so many words, I should say. Um, and so I just thought the this idea of honor and honoring God and honoring his word and, and what we do and what we say is, is something that is worth digging into um, in this episode. So what, I don't know, what do you think about this whole honor concept? It's kind of a... I mean, to Travis's point, I think it's kind of an un-American concept. Like, when I think of honor, I automatically think of, like, you know... Uh, Japanese culture and mm. honoring your family and, and you know that sort of stuff and whether I'm right or wrong about that is here or there I guess but you know what is what is the concept of honor kind of portrayed to you when you hear it especially in this context um, well I I didn't I wouldn't say I put the word uh, honor to it uh, like Travis did so I I'm with you in that I'm glad he brought that up in uh, you know, as we come together and we talk about this stuff, um, the conversations that we have, I'm hoping stem from what it is that, that we are sort of wrestling with in our uh, time with God and Jesus and uh, contemplating him. And uh, one of the things for me that has really been um, a common theme or um, topic that I will sort of meditate on or try to comprehend is the relationship that Jesus, God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit have with each other and the different roles um, that they play with each other in that. And I don't, I don't know that I have any answers <laughs> in this per se here, but I definitely think that that they each honor one another. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I, I think that that the relationship that the three of them have with each other is very much what heaven's going to be about, is going to be like. It is what we're striving for here um, on earth. And I just don't think it is something that we can uh, completely comprehend. And so um, so I guess honor is a natural piece of uh, what occurs in the Trinity between Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father. And it occurred before Jesus came to earth, and then it happened here uh, while he was uh, here on earth. And, you know, that the, the verse in Matthew 4 that we were reading talks about um, the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And um, I think, and this is a long way to the point that I was getting to, but um, my initial word is obedience. Mm-hmm. And obedience to me has such a um, 
boy, I'm not going to be able to art, even articulate what I'm, I'm trying to think here. But, you know, I think of a child to a parent. I think of a... Or a dog to a master. Or a dog to a master. Exactly. There, there's obedience here. There's, there's conditions that exist with that. Whereas honor is sort of a... It comes from the heart. It comes from a... I have so much respect for you. I have so much love for you. Uh, I honor you that yeah. this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's like a loving reverence. Exactly. Like you, you care for the person, but you also admire and revere who and what they are, what they stand for, and what they do. And, and I think if you, um, if you take a look at, at the life of Christ as portrayed you know, in Scripture, it's very much... He reveres God, and the, when when he speaks of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit is going to do, the same thing. Like, I mean, you don't you don't sneak away to pray in private to someone that you don't have reverence for or right. honor, right? You sneak away to do the things that really matter to you, whether that's sin or or worship, right? The things that we do in private when no mm-hmm. one is looking, and that's a frightening thought to think about. Is really what you want to honor them. It's what, it's what your heart desires to do. Yes. Um, and so, um, I don't know, that just, it really struck a chord with me, this, this whole idea of, of Jesus honoring God in the midst of 40 days without food. This big time, not so nice guy is showing up and really putting the screws on him. And he's still able to honor the word of God honor his relationship with God mm-hmm. and tell Satan to get lost. Like, this is not going to work. Right. Um, and, and I remember what the word that I was kind of thinking was, is, is it's not the result of, of trying to avoid consequences. You know, I think in obedience, there's this kind of implicit, I'm doing this to avoid a negative. I'm uh, doing this to avoid a consequence mm-hmm. of if I don't do this. And I don't think that's the case with honor. I think it is a as you said, a, lo- a loving reverence for somebody. And yeah, a lot of, a lot of my behavior growing up was <laughs> out of obedience. Cause I did not want to get grounded. I did not want to have my freedoms taken away by my parents. So I did what they told me to do most of the time because I didn't want to get in trouble. Not because mm-hmm. I wanted to be a good son or I wanted to honor my mother and father. Like the Bible tells me to do. It yes. was, I don't want to get in trouble. So I'm going to do what I can in the, you know, arena I've been given. I'm not going to overstep those bounds because I like, you know, that my parents let me borrow the car. I like that they let me go to my friend's houses. I like that they give me money every once in a while to go see a movie. I don't want to ruin what I've got going on. So I'm going to be obedient, you know, and, and so I think that's a good um, depiction. Yeah, and, and I, I even think in that there is a sense of what the way you respond to your parents now is probably different than when you were a child. Oh, totally. Because it probably is more of an honor and a loving, you know, uh, relationship versus trying to avoid getting in trouble with them. And I, I don't know that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father in their, you know, eternity prior to the creation of the world, there were consequences. But I do think that honor comes from um, developing the relationship and getting to know somebody. So maybe... Um, what I'm saying here is, is for me as a follower of Christ, when I was a new believer, it was trying to avoid those consequences. I don't mm-hmm. want to go to hell. I need the fire insurance. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't want the negatives that come from this. So I'm going to do it out of obedience. And that as we walk with him and we get to know him, and maybe I'm still getting there, not quite yet, mm-hmm. but it becomes more of an honor, uh, a true honor, not trying to avoid yeah. the consequences. It's, I know you, I know you're, you come through, I trust you, there's that uh, dependence on you and consistency that you are, you know, you're the same always, and um, it's not on these external circumstances, external consequences that I'm trying to avoid. Definitely. All right, so let's, let's turn the uh, angle of approach here just a little bit. Um, what sort of things... Um, does American culture now, January 26, 2015, honors? What, what are the things that, that me and you kind of perceive as America as saying, oh, we honor this? I, if anything. <laughs> that's a good question, if anything. I, I believe that, and this is, uh, this is one of those things that 
I suppose I'm open to um, being corrected on it, but I'm pretty firm in <laughs> what I think. Uh, I think America and Americans honor individual rights. And there is kind of a unique sort of uh, tension in that with Christianity. Because if you study history and you look at where Christians have gone throughout the world as missionaries and bringing uh, the good news to the world, individual rights improve. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it is a natural consequence of the individual has more value um, than before Christianity comes in. Um, you know, Christianity has done things like create hospitals and the whole universities, and, universities and education and schools and, and things like that. So I do believe that there is a, um, boy, it would be good if I could back this up with a, a scripture verse, but um, <laughs> I do believe that there is an innate value in a human being and particularly being a creature, uh, a creation of God the Father. Um, but in America, we've gone too far with that. Might, might I suggest the creation story in Genesis? Where God <laughs> created man and woman in his own image and, and called them there you go. There you go. All, all other creation. Yes. And Thank you, Caleb. I appreciate yeah. you. Well, you know, my, edu my education's <laughs> got to go for something nowadays. It's not really getting used in the workplace. Yeah, and I... Um, you know, again, I think um, one of the things that we talk about the, the purpose of this class is Jesus and his relevance today. And again, I, I, don't, I don't claim to have all the answers, but um, I, I think that in the rights of an individual are, are what we honor to the, to the point that um, we, we, well, it's gone too far. And boy, as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm thinking a whole bunch of can of worm type things that I could go into. <laughs> and I don't know if we're ready to go into that with our um, episode three. With our episode three. <laughs> so I will, I will steer clear. Um, we'll get there. It's only a matter yeah, of time. And, and I agree. And I think it has, I think it has its place, but I just don't think that's quite where we're at. Um, yeah, I would definitely agree that individual rights is certainly something that America honors. Uh, I grew up in the 90s and I, I I remember when for the most part when when being you know uh, a homosexual was still weird like that's I don't want to like but it was not accepted right. on a national scale there was not I mean gay marriage wasn't even right considered it was you know you were a an outcast and and you know you now fast forward relatively years. short time yeah two decades i mean that's not a lot of especially in the grand scheme of history but right i mean and now it's it's most states are allowing it and we're not going to get into no how we feel about that um but just in the individual rights that have happened uh, i don't even want the the change in what was considered your rights or acceptable in culture has changed drastically from when i was in elementary school um and so yeah i definitely agree with with you on that the the other thing that i think america honors um ruthlessly is success yes absolutely um and and that i mean if you look back at even just how america expanded geographically and politically from you know the the new england stage to now Manifest destiny. God wants us to have ocean to ocean. Like this is ours to take. God wants it for us. The American dream is to, is to make what you imagine reality and to take it and to claim it and to make it yours and to be happy and wealthy and live a good life. And you know that the way that that looks has changed over you know two hundred and forty years, but the idea is still the same. Now it's the corner office and the driver and fancy suits if you're in the city or it's the giant home in the country in the uh, suburbs next to the country club you know with the top dollar car it's the, the, the success you know money wealth power and beauty are all things you know that that america honors like why is kim kardashian famous 
<laughs> for being famous. Because <laughs> she's rich. Right. And she's pretty. Like, she, and, and, I mean, honestly, she probably has, she's got a good business acumen because she's turned that into a career. Right. Yeah, and, and I, I would even say that, yes, those elements of kind of what you were talking about of, um, you know, is, is good looking, she has the money, that sort of thing. But I would say that we honor celebrity. Mm-hmm. Is people being famous. A, 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 a famous. I mean, American so, Idol is a great example. American Idol. I mean, think about our television right now. American Idol's that way. Uh, honey, I, for the record, <laughs> I love American Idol. I just, it's entertaining, but it, it really does perpetuate this. Being famous. Yeah. Being a celebrity. Being, but, but, but I would even say it's. You rea- you can be a reality show for just about anything. You got Honey Boo Boo, you know. <laughs> uh, which again, I, I, I no ill will towards anybody that has made a living off of this. If I've if if I'm given this opportunity, I'll probably seize it. If I'd been given the opportunity yeah. to be where they are, I say what you will about Obama. Politics aside, I believe a big part of why he got elected was celebrity. People knew who he was. And I'll even take it a step further of uh, his Oprah, you know, Oprah supporting him. Well, for for that matter, anything Oprah does, you know, Dr. Phil, um, is it Dr. Oz, the other one? Well, Dr. Oz is on a different station. But, but he started on Oprah, didn't he? Uh, uh, I don't See, I think Dr. Dave. Phil started on Oprah. I think Dr. Oz did. <laughs> you get a doctor and you get a doctor and doctors for everybody. <laughs> But but I think you know, and it's celebrity, and it's even these the the fifteen minutes of fame with YouTube and uh, you know who else is on Oprah now? Who is on Oprah now? Rob Bell. Oh, that's right. We did talk about that, didn't we? <laughs> I haven't had a chance to check that out yet. I probably won't. <laughs> I I don't I don't have cable, so darn, I'm gonna miss out on all of Oprah's new TV shows. So yeah, so so I guess in short, I definitely um, we honor success. But there's even that, um, you know, Andy Warhol's 15 Minutes of Fame of that we, people will do anything to be famous. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, YouTube has become that way. And you've got uh, these stunt guys that'll do stuff. Just anything that people can do uh, to get name recognition and, and, and to be famous. Yeah. All right. So... That's it's the whole reason we're doing this, right? Is, is for yes, the fame and the right. Seriously. I want to be kissing babies and I want schools named after me. Oh, good. No, that would be. That would just be the worst thing on the planet. The only babies I want to kiss are my own. I don't have any yet, so. Someday I'll have little. That's going to be scary, though, too. Little me's running around. I don't think the world's, I don't think the world's prepared for such terror. All right, so that's a real brief overview of what um, American culture honors in our opinion. We'd love to know what you think. Absolutely. Did, are yep. we totally off base? Are we? What are we missing? Because um, I think it's an important thing for Christians to understand what their culture is honoring and upholding. And that's obviously going to change. We live in a suburb of Kansas City. So we're geographically central. We're also pretty politically, uh, for the most part, conservative, religiously conservative in this part of the country. Um, Dave and I probably withstanding from most of that. Uh, but the majority of folks in this part of the country are conservative in pretty much everything. Um, so the what the culture honors here is going to be a little bit um, different than what, you know, say in San Francisco or L.A. or New York or Miami or places on the coast that tend to be a little bit more liberal sooner than the middle so we would we would love to know what you guys think about what your part of the country is um or your part of the world in fact if you're listening from outside the united states um what your culture honors and upholds and says is good and is right and is worthwhile um because now we want to talk about um honoring god's name and, and and what that looks like in a practical way um why it's important and then hopefully we'll be able to see some of the stark contrast between what what honoring god looks like and what living in our world looks like and and what those differences are so dave i'm going to put you on the spot again this is a fun game i like to play just ask dave (laughs) questions and make him answer them uh how do we honor god what are what are some practical not necessarily simple because i think 
there's some serious depth to honoring God, um, but what are practical ways that that happens? Um, that, you know, it, sincerely is, is, a, is a very good question because I don't think um, we naturally honor him. And I, I get the fact that, you know, we talk about living in a fallen world, that we're sinners, but even as people, well, again, I, 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 I cast this broad net and I say people, and I should probably just be speaking for myself and not all Christians when it, when it comes to this thing, when it comes to a, a particular topic. Um, but the first thing I think we do um, to honor God is to, to put him first in our lives. And I, for me, again, wrestling with my faith and thinking about what that means, putting God first is not a natural thing. And I don't even know if, if I know how to do it. Um, I believe I do, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know that I always do. Um, and so um, I think one of the, the simplest, and again, as you mentioned, it maybe it isn't uh, so simple. Um, for me, a beginning point or a starting point in terms of honoring God is to think about him first. Um, I have tried to, in my, in my walk with him, to begin my day with thinking about him. Uh, it is very easy. Generally when I, I, I currently work midnights, and so sleeping is out the window. <laughs> but I'm, I'm on midnight shift. I'm on. The, I work the graveyard. I work the overnight. So, um, so so sleeping is not a natural thing. But when I am on a regular sort of sleeping at night, when it's dark and the rest of the world sleeps at night, mm-hmm. I am frequently woken up by thoughts of of what I have to do, what I need to get done. Uh, things that I'm stressed about, or maybe I'm not stressed, but I'm I, I I'm worried about, or I'm mulling it over, mm-hmm. and so I think one of the first ways that we can uh, honor God is to sort of put that stuff aside. And again, this is me, and what I'm trying to do in my walk with Him because I don't naturally do it is to begin my day by putting those thoughts aside and start by praying to Him, and. Um, just asking, um, and, and even in that, to not think about things that are centered on me, but to focus on him and the fact that he is God and that he is awesome and that he is eternal and that uh, he you know, sent his son to die on the cross for us and to, to be in a relationship with us. Uh, because what I'll naturally do is I'll start praying for all the, all the things that I'm worried about and I'm thinking about, well, okay, I'll focus on God and I'll focus on God by praying for all these things. And sort of trying to push those aside and focus on him. Uh, the second thing is to uh, pray for others. Pray for my kids. Pray for my wife. Pray for the people that I work with. Uh, people that I that I have with in my life. And then I think the second piece of, of what I try to do to honor him is to spend time in his word. Reading his word. Because... Uh, the Bible is what he has given to us to communicate to us. Mm-hmm. And um, by honoring him and making that important in my life, uh, I think he is honored by that. And I'll be the first to admit that even though I'm trying to do that, uh, there'll be times where I'll read an entire chapter of the Bible. You know, I'm reading through Psalms or Proverbs, and I haven't listened to one thing that has been said there. <laughs> So yeah, mind is elsewhere. Um, so so again, it, it, uh, two just very basic beginning things for how to honor God is one to turn my thoughts towards Him as soon as I possibly can in the beginning of the day because naturally I don't do that. And then the second thing may not be the first thing I do in the day, but I try to put it first on my my. I try to make Him a priority, mm-hmm. and that's by reading His Word and uh, allowing him to uh, speak to me, allowing, you know, um, we do a lot of self-talk, or at least I do a lot of self-talk, and I try not to believe everything I tell myself because it's probably not accurate. You have full-length conversations with yourself, too? <laughs> oh, my, I talk to myself all the time. Oh, good. So, so either we're both crazy or we're both not. That's... You know, 
And then from there, well, I'll stop talking. Do you? I any? No, you, finish your thoughts. Go ahead. Finish my thoughts. Uh, then from there, I believe there are just bigger. Well, I, it's just funny as we talk, it, it, as you and I are dialoguing mm-hmm. and we're talking, and um, we're we're referencing our faith and the things that we do. It's just interesting how some of the words that we use just don't feel adequate, or are maybe inappropriately used because simple doesn't seem appropriate mm-hmm. in terms of that. And then I was about to say uh, a bigger way, which I don't know that there uh, is this really bigger than the daily discipline of, of seeking him first. But I think there's an element of we, we can honor God with our lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the prayers that... Um, I feel fortunate that God has laid on my heart since I've been a Christian that I kind of pray over and over again is, uh, God, help me to be the man that you created me to be. Because left to my own ways, I don't think that would look the same as what he would have for me. Mm-hmm. I know it wouldn't for me. <laughs> and and so I think there are concrete things. Uh, and again, I, I, ain't cl- I, I am not claiming to have this. But the movies that we watch, the things that we say, mm-hmm. uh, the thoughts that we allow uh, to run through our head, uh, you know, my, and even as I'm talking now, how often, again, the words that we use, how often am I saying I, how often am I saying my, instead of, um, I'm not, I'm really not trying to be this <laughs> philosophical or um, whatever, but um Being the person that he created to me, created me to be, and making decisions on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a minute-by-minute basis that honor and glorify him instead of my natural sinful desires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the thing that I come back to, I, I agree with, with everything that you said, but the thing that... I think really that I know that I need some serious work in is like, I I come back to the the idea of motivation. Mm -hmm. Like, am I, am I wanting to read my Bible because, Oh, good call. I want, because I want to know what God has to say. I want that to be impactful in my life. Am I reading my Bible? So I feel better about myself. You know, like I had a recurring task on my phone, read your Bible today. And I would read my Bible just to check the stupid circle, not because I wanted to. It was so I could, at the end of the day, go, good job, Cam, you read your Bible today. Like, that's messed up. Right. Like, that's not, that, that totally defeats the whole purpose, right? That's not, it's not honoring to God when I check that little box. Oh, good job, Cam, you honored me today by reading your Bibles. No, I, I gratified my own sense of, um, worth because I read my Bible and literally some days it was two verses. I <laughs> read my Bible, got it done. Like, right. and, and so my motivation was totally not honoring to God. It was simply to make myself feel better about doing something good that day, you know. Um, and so for me, that's the big struggle is the motivation. Like, why why do I want to do this stuff? Why why don't I want to pray? Why don't I want to read my Bible? Why do I feel guilty? You know, and so the, the motivation to me is is what I struggle with the most when it comes to honoring God or just doing what I want to do because I want to do it. Um, and it's a lack of discipline most of the time in that, well, I, I could read my Bible or I could go watch this movie that is totally <laughs> inappropriate that I yeah. shouldn't be watching because it's just going to further cause me you know, problems, you Absolutely. know, um, so I, yeah, I think the biggest thing that for me, um, in, in how I can honor God's name is really to not shy away from asking myself, why are you doing this? Yes. And, and that's not even to say that like, it's like I went to church on Sunday because I had to go to church. Like, I didn't want to go. I wanted to sleep. I wanted to sleep in, go to my job, come home, and do nothing.
nothing. Like, I just wanted a lazy day, but I was like, no, I need to go to church because it's the good thing to do. And in that, in, in that instance, I really benefited from going to church. Right. Even though my motivation was, I need to go so I can be seen at church so people will <laughs> think that I, you know, like, because it's the good thing to do is to go to church on Sunday. And so even though my motivation was not good, I still, I benefited from going to church on Sunday. Yes. Um, so, you know, God is greater than my crappy motivation. And, you know, sometimes he's able to take my poor um, decisions and make them beneficial. But I don't want to rely on that. You know, right. I want I want my motivations to be, I want to read scripture because I want to honor God. I want to be the person that God made me to be. I want to, you know, I'm sick of me being me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me of, uh, and this will be the first uh, Dallas Willard reference in our podcast. Tonight. Three for three, <laughs> we did it, all right. <laughs> Um, in living in Christ's presence, and I actually think it's one of the times where John Ortberg is sharing with the group, and he's talking about an individual uh, who is talking about having prayed for like 30 days in a row, or 31 or 32 days, and I don't remember who the spiritual mentor is that this person is talking to, but the spiritual mentor kind of responds by saying, this is what I want you to do tomorrow. I want you not to pray. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we so don't ever hear that. Uh, so one, uh, as individuals and our desire to seek God and be obedient and do the right thing, uh, will kind of champion that I've done the 30 days and, you know, usually, uh, our, our Christian, um, mentors, those that we, you know, trust in the faith to, to, to encourage us and do that are going to be like, yeah, go for 32 and 33. And this thing you should do two Bible reading plans <laughs> just exactly. to catch up for all the time you've lost. And had a, a spiritual mentor with enough wisdom to say, tomorrow I don't want you to pray. And we so rarely hear that. That's like, what? No, <laughs> not don't pray? Uh, and I think that's just in line with what you're saying. Of just We can we miss um, the relationship with God and who He is when we get so focused on the task and a checking off of, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And again, like you said, God's bigger than we are and He'll show up even when it is a checking off or a list or I'm acting out of obedience and I'm doing what I have to. Um, but it's just, a, 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 I would venture to guess, I haven't had a chance to really think about this, that he probably also shows up when we do the opposite, when we choose to not pray, when we choose to not go to church because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I think that's a, that's a good solid round to follow up. <laughs> Uh, but let's dive into the Beatitudes, shall we? Sounds good. We've been we've been avoiding it for an episode and a half, but <laughs> it's time to to just run into that wall, as it were. Um, do you want to read it, or would you like me to? Um, the Beatitudes. Sure. Yes, I can absolutely do that. If you'll give me just a moment here, I will pull up them on my. Uh, handy little phone app that has uh, the uh, Beatitudes on it. i got to come up with more ways to stump you. This is, <laughs> this is, a, this is a fun game that I'm going to have to... Alright, so we're going to read Matthew 5, and we'll start with verse 2, and uh, we're going to start with the Beatitudes, or we're going to read the Beatitudes, and ultimately the Beatitudes are talking about being blessed, is what, what that boils down to. So, uh, Matthew 5, 2. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and, and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who, are, who were before you. All right. 
Well, I think maybe the first thing we should discuss is, is how the Beatitudes um, are to be interpreted. And there is a long history of people disagreeing with one another on this. And I've taken the liberty of boiling down eight or nine possibilities into a more manageable four that I think grasp the ideas around you know, the, the majority of the possibilities. Um, one option is to read the Beatitudes and say they've got no bearing on modern Christian life. God or Jesus was speaking to those people in that time and it was only for them to hear. It has no bearing on how we are to live as Christians today. I think we can all agree this is a ridiculous option. It's not worth it. It's not even worth discussing. It just it doesn't make any sense. Uh, number two, they are entrance requirements to get into the kingdom of God. A.K.A. unless you were all these things before you come to Christ, you have no shot at entering the kingdom. Which totally misses the whole point of the gospel, which is that our interest into the kingdom is because of what Christ has done, not because of what we have done. We cannot earn our way into God's family and his kingdom. So option number two doesn't work. Uh, option three, they are statements about the reality of the kingdom of God, which is a much more viable option than either of the first two, where Jesus is just saying, in the kingdom of God, the, those that are poor in spirit will be blessed. Those who mourn will be comforted. Um, the meek will inherit the earth. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied because they will get righteousness in the kingdom of God. And we'll get we'll dig into this one deeper because this is kind of where I feel like Dallas Willard lands for the most part. And the fourth option is they are evidence of faith in God like the fruit of the Spirit. And this is a more traditional view in line with perhaps someone like D. Martin Lloyd-Jones and the good, I don't want to say Baptist because he was British, but <laughs> his tradition um, and, and uh, the like. So we're really going to try and focus on options three and four, and I realize that these are generalizations of possible translations, but I, or interpretations, I should say. But I feel like they're the two ones that we have to wrestle with the most. And so um, if we start with, the first or option number three they are statements about the reality of the kingdom of god i think for me this is the easiest interpretation um for for a number of reasons one being i can read the beatitudes and not go oh i have to be every single one of these all the time or i'm not a christian um if if this if the beatitudes are just statements about what God's kingdom is like and who is in God's kingdom, then all of a sudden, I don't have to always be mourning. Obviously, there are some things that I do want to be. I, I want to be merciful. I'm not, mm -hmm. but I want to be. These are things that I want. But if we take Willard's view, Christ isn't saying, and I'm going to read his quote here because he says it way better than I ever could. Jesus did not say, blessed are the poor in spirit because they are poor in spirit. He did not think, what a fine thing it is to be destitute, destitute of every spiritual attainment or quality. It makes people worthy of the kingdom. Those poor in spirit are called blessed by Jesus, not because they are in a meritorious condition, but because precisely in spite of and in the midst of their ever so deplorable condition, the rule of the heavens has moved redemptively upon and through them by the grace of Christ. And so what he's saying is the poor in spirit aren't blessed. They're not going to receive the kingdom of heaven because they're poor in spirit. God offers the kingdom of heaven to those that are poor in spirit because he is gracious enough to do so. And so it's not, their their poor in spiritedness does not earn them their blessing. And I think that's a potential difference between these two views. Where Willard will say, the kingdom is open to these sorts of people, those that mourn, those that are merciful, those that are peacemakers, and so on, simply and for no other reason than 
God has chosen through Christ to open the kingdom to people. Mm-hmm. Not because they've earned it, not because these designations make them worthy of the kingdom. And so I feel like that takes a lot of pressure off of me when I read the Beatitudes. Um, and, and, and perhaps we can read um, a quote from Lloyd-Jones when he explains um, the Beatitudes. He says, The Sermon on the Mount, in other words, comes to us and says, There is the mountain you have to scale the heights you have to climb. And the first thing you must realize as you look at the mountain you are told you must ascend is that you cannot do it, that you are utterly incapable in and of yourself, and that any attempt to do it on your own strength is proof positive that you have not understood it. It condemns at the very outset the view which regards it as a program for man to put into operation immediately just as he is. And so in a very uh, long-winded explanation, I think, I think the Beatitudes are an explanation of how gracious God is to open his kingdom to all sorts of people. Um, and we can we can maybe dive into that more in a little bit, but I wanted to get your thoughts, Dave, on am I wrong? Am I crazy? What, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I, I don't... Um, I'm stammering here over my answer. I guess in short, I, I I'm in agreement uh, with you. Is is spent time kind of looking at the beatitudes and what they mean. I don't, I don't put them in the same category as the fruits of the spirit. I don't. Which, by the way, uh, fruits of the spirit, Galatians five twenty two. Is that right? Can we find the fruits of the spirit in Galatians five twenty two? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I'm probably missing something in there. Um, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yeah, you're right. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5.22. And so so the fruits of the Spirit, I do think, are s- sort of a sense of, as we are in the Spirit, this is the fruit that we are going to see. This is what is going to be an outcome of our lives. We are going to be more patient. Uh, we're going to be more faithful. We'll have uh, better uh, self-discipline. I, I, as I look at the Beatitudes, I don't think these are things that we are necessarily supposed to strive for. Uh, the way it kind of d- was defined in me and wrestling with this was, these. this is the human condition. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's Jesus getting up before uh, this crowd of people and saying, I'm betting you find yourself in one of these categories. I'm betting you find yourself in more than one of these categories. I bet you find yourself in quite a few of these, if not all of them. And if you find yourself there, then this is what I'm all about, is I'm here to bless you. Because as a human being, you are going to mourn. You're going to be poor in spirit. Um, you're going you're gonna to find yourself being a peacemaker. You're going to find this being something of of who you are as a human being and and I want to bless you. I would even go so far for me to say that there's even an element of it's the human condition and that we need to make an effort to uh, be self-aware, to self-evaluate, kind of look at who we are and where we at in this kingdom. And it even goes back to what... Um, what we were talking about, what does America honor? Uh, we, we tend to say, I want to be famous. I want to have value. I want to be successful. I want to contribute to society. I want to be somebody. I want to, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But if we're honest with ourselves, our list is going to look a lot more like what we are finding in the Beatitudes. Like, this is how I feel. I feel poor in spirit. Um, and uh, the poor in spirit in particular... Um, I think is almost a prerequisite for being able to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Yeah. If we can't reach that point where I'm like, I'm empty. I am, I, and this isn't just a, um, you know, uh, before being a Christian kind of condition. Uh, as a Christian, I find myself being poor of spirit often. 
and just not liking it. And what do I turn to? Well, I can choose to turn to some of those things like, hey, maybe if I get promoted, hey, if, you know, I'm successful at this mm-hmm. and it comes up empty. But if I embrace it and say, God, I am poor in spirit, I need you, then that's where he meets us kind of a kind of a thing. Now, do I think that things like being meek and uh, being a peacemaker and being persecuted for our faith have its place? Absolutely. Yeah. And are those necessarily uh, negative attributes? No. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe, based on my study and prayer and seeking him, which, again, I'm always open to the fact that I may be wrong, I believe that this is where he meets us as part of our sinful, broken human condition. Yeah, there's, it's, there, there are some folks that, and I'm going to quote Lloyd Jones again here that'll say, uh, the Beatitudes are God or Jesus' description of every single Christian. All Christians are meant to manifest all of them. Like, you cannot be a Christian unless you are all of these things. And I can't get behind that sentiment from that point of view. Like, okay, uh, well, currently I'm not being reviled or persecuted and having things uttered against me in Jesus' name. I don't live in a country yet where that is a thing. If I lived in Iran, definitely. Yeah. Right? I might even be killed. But does the fact that other people are not persecuting me because I believe in Christ mean that I'm not a Christian? Well, no, not at all. And so, and currently I'm not mourning. (laughs) You know? My grandma passed at the end of September. I mourned then. But currently, I'm not mourning. Yeah. And even in that, what, what exactly are we supposed to mourn? I mean, are we supposed to mourn that people are going to hell? Are we supposed to mourn that I'm not the Christian that I'm supposed to be? Am I supposed to mourn that uh, there is poor in the world and that mm-hmm. there are people living in Iraq that are person? You know, what exactly am I supposed to be um, mourning? And again, I don't think it's something that we're supposed to be uh, trying to achieve. But it will, over the course of being a, a human being that lives any amount of time you are going to mourn something. And I think as we get closer to Christ, uh, we probably do mourn more of those things like uh, the fact that there are children uh, in the Philippines that are being uh, trafficked at, being trafficked for sex, that are being used for sex to make somebody else rich, that their childhood is being ripped away from them. They aren't being able to grow up as a kid in America would get to. Well, it goes on in this country too. I mean, I, the, the, the trafficking, the, the abuse of children goes on. That should cause us to mourn. But I don't know that I'm going to do that all the time, every minute of every hour of the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm much more uh, apt to view the Beatitudes as... Christ's, I mean, this is this is set early in Matthew for a reason. It's his first public teaching as recorded in this gospel. And I think he starts off the Beatitude, with the Beatitudes for a reason. And, and as we get later on in the Sermon on the Mount, he's going to say, you've heard it said this, but I say this. And he gets into yeah, very specific exactly. detail about, oh, this is what you thought anger was? Well, this is what, you thought this is what adultery was? Well, then this. You thought this is what, you know... All this stuff is, you know, concerning, and he takes it to another level. And I think he starts the Beatitudes off with, like, we're going to get to some really heavy stuff here in a bit, right? Like, we're going to talk, and I'm going to make you guys really uncomfortable. But before we get there, you need to know how open and available the kingdom of God is to you now. Because I am here. Because God has sent me to share the good news and inaugurate the kingdom, right? The Beatitudes to me in that context are the opening statement of it's here, it's open, it's for you if you're willing. And and so when I read the Beatitudes, that's how I tend to read it, is God saying, 
you all have the opportunity to be blessed by God and to belong to the kingdom. It is open to you if you are willing to step through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that fits contextually. I think it fits theologically. And I think it fits with what Christ's mission was. So that's why I fall there. Um, I'm certainly willing to listen to differing views from from people, but um, that that's where I land. When I read the Beatitudes, it's it's to me, it's God. Just it's Jesus, just saying, doors are open. It's it's here for you to become a part of. Um, and then I think the rest of the Sermon on the Mount is him trying to. Uh, <laughs> Scare people is probably the wrong um, statement, but I think it's a reality check. It's, it's yes, that's it's like mm-hmm. hey, and and it's very much over and against the Pharisaical view of things. So, anyways, that's that's where I where I fall um, when this stuff or with this passage of scripture. I think it's important for us to read. I think it's important for us to remind ourselves. That even in our darkest moments, the kingdom of God is still open to us because there is no sin greater than Christ. He died for all mankind's sins to appease God. Like the the Beatitudes should encourage us. I mean, they should certainly like be a check for us too. Like, am am, am I a merciful person? Am I hunger? Hungering, hungry and thirsting for righteousness, am I a peacemaker? They're good checks, um, but I certainly don't think that they belong in the same um, class as the fruit of the Spirit, as proof of the work of the Spirit in our lives. Yes. And, I, you know, I think, too, it's a... Um, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is a... Um, you know, it talks about being... You have love, you have joy, you have peace, you have patience. Um, And then in the Beatitude, there's this element of uh, the merciful. Be merciful. Have mercy. And um, to an extent, when I look at the Beatitudes, I I don't, I don't, it is, it's across the board. Whatever the circumstance, I need to find joy. Mm-hmm. Whatever the circumstance, I need to find love. I need to be uh, faithful, you know, across the board. Now, when it comes to mercy, I can be merciful, but I can also be just. Yeah. And again, I, a big part of this class for me and what we're doing is a practical application of Jesus today. I'm a police officer, which we've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to show mercy to a <laughs> lot of people because I don't believe it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I... Ultimately, it's not my decision. They they're going to go before a judge, and the judge is going to do. And my my job is to uphold the constitution. It's to uphold um, states state law, city law. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm not going to show mercy. I am going to um, arrest that person because uh, they have broken the law, and I'm going to take them to jail. And then they are going to appear before the judge. And that that's probably where the mercy comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might even be on my part. It might be um, a district attorney coming to me and saying, what do you think is appropriate consequence to this? Or this is what they're going to plea to, or this is what they've agreed to. Are you okay with that? And again, I might come into mercy at that point, but that's not my job. That's not my responsibility. Because as a police officer, if I show mercy to everybody never enforce a law, never write a traffic ticket, then we're going to have chaos. You might as well not have mm-hmm. um, police officers. And so um, I definitely believe there is a place for mercy in its context and, and given all the different things that are going on versus the fruits of the Spirit applying kind of all the time, every situation, this is what you should be. Well, and, and I think that there's biblical precedent for that too like god has mercy absolutely in, in that he sent christ to save us but at the at the end when it's judgment day the mercy stops and there is judgment you yeah are in you're not yeah absolutely and so i i my initial reaction was well you should always be merciful because that's like you know i want to be the good christian like 
whatever. But it's not, I mean, there's biblical precedent for showing mercy and for not. Like, God showed mercy when he flooded the world in that he saved a few people and a few animals. Mm -hmm. And he wiped the rest out, right? Yeah. Uh, he showed mercy when he chose Abraham's family and nobody else. Mm -hmm. But there's mercy and judgment. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so, um, so yeah, so that's, that. and again, I think that's where I kind of, I, I, I land on this of just, I don't see this being an attribute that applies all the time for me. Mm -hmm. It's not, this is what I, I need to be merciful, but being merciful doesn't mean that I'm also not just. And same with God. He's the ultimate example, uh, of <laughs> tempering justice with mercy and yeah that's not a job i want no <laughs> that would not be very good at I that is, is, <laughs> it's like in uh bruce almighty when he just replies yes yes to, to everything emails and the world just turns to <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes all right yes well do we want to any more on the beatitudes or have we i uh, here's here's what i'm gonna here's what i i'm gonna come at with this was on the front end of looking at the Beatitudes, it was kind of this overwhelming... Because I, I think they should be. There's a lot of weight to these. Uh, but as we've been talking and we've kind of reached this point, um, I'm content with where we are and what we've done. So I don't feel like... Yeah, I, 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 I think maybe what, uh, what we'll do is, is continue on in Matthew mm -hmm. and what he has to say. And as we address some of those, if we need to come back uh, to the Beatitudes, we can do that. But I don't think we need to dissect every each and every one of those. Shall I get out the Greek, Dave? <laughs> and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That could be. <laughs> that, and that's, you know, it, it, one of the themes that I am developing as we do this is I hope people challenge uh what what they hear us say. Mm -hmm. I hope they think about their faith. Um, my daughter, uh, Olivia, we're riding in the car the other day, and and she asks mom, and and she's so clever. She is so clever because she, she sets is a clever girl. She sets up her premise, like she gets you committed, and then <laughs> before she hits you. So with, you know what that means? With, it means she's going to be a stand-up comedian. She's going to get you set up and then just take your knees out. So um, what, what she asked her mom and I as we're, as we're riding in the car is that she says, is jealousy a sin? Okay, so she's, I mean, she's, she's laid it down. Yep, you've already taken the bait. We've already taken the bait. And so she says, is jealousy a sin? And of course, mom and dad being the good Christian mom and dad that we are, our response is, is yes, jealousy is a sin. And um, then her follow-up question is, is, well, why does the Bible call God a jealous God? Boom! <laughs> and, you know, mom and dad struggled with giving an answer. Um, but ultimately, I, what my challenge to her was is look it up. Mm -hmm. Wrestle with this and find out. Don't just accept what mom says. Don't just accept what dad says. But wrestle with it. Um, you know, um, I probably default to this too much, but Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Google it. That's, Read the Bible. Does it, and that's what I even asked her. I said, do you know that the Bible says that? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I've heard it said. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you've heard it said, but does the Bible say it? So try to find out where it is. And then, you know, read the context of, of what is around it talking about God being a jealous God. And, um, and so I, I guess that's all I'm just hoping that folks do. I hope it's what I continue to do. Uh, I'm reminded of Acts 17, 11, uh, that says, Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scripture daily to see if these things were so. And I think everybody should do that with their faith. Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's the sermon that you hear um, on a Sunday morning from your pastor, whether it's something somebody says in a Bible study, whether it's a, a trusted mentor that you've had for years, um, whoever it may be, when something is told to you, there is nothing wrong with going to Scripture and testing it. Uh, the things that, 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 um, that 
that they were te- that they were testing is is uh, was it Peter or Paul? I honestly don't know <laughs> that I'm saying. This. But 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 here's either Peter or Paul, somebody mm-hmm. that's a father of the, the Christian church, and they were testing what he was saying to them. And and I would just encourage the folks that are going on this journey with us to do the same thing, to challenge it, to test it. And then when you feel like you've come up with something different than what we say, to, to kind of point that out and go, hey. Or if it's just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of what Travis shared with us in terms of honor. It just, I am blessed by those kinds of things. And I selfishly am saying, bring those to us so that we can that we can see it and and deal with it. So anyway. I think that was a very long answer to your question, but no, I think that's that's good. I agree. Uh, you can, if you want to, get in contact with us. We are on Twitter. I love Twitter. Dave likes Twitter, but we're on there. <laughs> I'm learning yeah. to, to tweet. To Dave is t- Dave will be a master Twitterer at some point. <laughs> uh, but you can find us at Masterclass FM on Twitter. And you can email us if you want to, you know, 140 characters doesn't really go very far. Um, if you want to communicate um, a longer point, uh, masterclassfm at gmail.com. You can find all of this on our website, masterclassfm.com. And you can find the show notes for today's episode at masterclassfm.com slash masterclass slash three. We'll have links to everything that we've talked about. Um, including the Bible verses and all of that good stuff. So thank you so much for listening this long. You are a trooper, and uh, we'll see you next time. Say bye, Dave. Bye, Dave.